another edition of the Untitled Jeff Gluck Podcast. I'm your host, Jeff Gluck, and today it's a 12 questions version of the podcast with Timmy Hill, who drives for MBM Motorsports in both Cup and Xfinity. Had never done a 12 questions with Timmy Hill before. Had really never even really met him or talked to him. Hate to say that because um, he's a really nice guy and he's been around a while and I don't have a reason not to talk to him. Just never had the chance to do so. So this was a good excuse to do that. And it seems like he's someone who reads the 12 questions and knows what they're all about. So that always helps if uh, a driver has some advance warning or maybe has had a chance to think about them a little bit for better answers. So let's hear how Timmy Hill answered the 12 questions. All right, everybody, I'm here with Timmy Hill. And actually, Timmy, the first, you know, I, I normally just roll right into the 12 questions, but I got to ask you, I forgot to ask you before we press record. Um, there's somebody but with your name in the fantasy playoff points game. Uh, is that you or is it imposter? No, that's me. I, okay, I think I tweeted playing. out to you last year. Um, I had a couple buddies that did it, and they said, hey, it's easy, quickly. You can just do it in five minutes. So I joined in. Um, I don't think I was doing too well this year. <laughs> you, I, I just looked it up in case that was you before I came over. You, you, you got three wins this year. Okay. I okay. got four. I've never made my own playoffs. So Really? I think I last mean, year I made your playoffs, but I don't think I made it past the first round. It's tough. It's a tough game. There's a lot of people in it. Well, you know? it's. Uh, I wish we can pick throughout the year. Uh, it's yeah. tough going into the year because uh, you pick some guys you think, based off the previous year, they'd be really good. That's and my problem. They just kind of slump over and they're not very good. It's like, oh, that's <laughs> Yeah, exactly. Um, well, cool. Thanks for uh, doing that. That's, Absolutely. That's yeah. pretty cool that you do that. Okay, so the first real question is um, how often do you have dreams about racing? Uh, I'd say it happens. Uh, pretty often, you know, I, I always kind of like to, uh, especially if I have a big race coming up, uh, for me, like, it's kind of funny. I always want to go to Daytona or Talladega. I always have like dreams of what, what could happen, you mm. know? Um, and, uh, it happens almost all the time. So it's, it's neat to kind of, uh, I guess just kind of deeply think about, uh, what could happen. So it, um, Whenever I say whenever I have a good race coming up uh, and I think I can do well, it's funny how your mind just kind of creates stuff happening. Huh, that's interesting. If you get into someone uh, during a race, whether it's intentional or not, does it matter if you apologize? In my opinion, it does. Uh, simply being because we go right back into it the next week, you get very little time to kind of um, digest what happened. So typically, in my eyes, if you take somebody out, whether it's on purpose or not, um, you should at least, I guess if it's on purpose, you probably won't apologize, but <laughs> especially if you did an accident, because that guy, he doesn't know. And he's just kind of just thinking about how you got wrecked and how he, he was basically done wrong. And if he just goes into the next week, it, it could come back on you. So yeah, at least for my, uh, peace of mind, I'll, I like to hear it. Okay. What is the biggest compliment someone could give you? Um, you know, it's funny. Um, uh, my wife and I, we were reading the book, um, The Love Languages, and I think my love language has always been uh, words of affirmation. So for me, I always like to hear a good job, no matter what what that is, whether it's on a racetrack or back home. For me, if I just hear a good job on anything, it feels nice because so often people always point out maybe what you did wrong. And um, so every now and again, if somebody says good job, it kind of makes you feel good. So that, for me, a good job is a good one. What what's uh, a brief synopsis of the love languages? I'm not familiar with it. Well, it's a book. I think there's five love languages, and we're kind of halfway through. We had uh, one of our friends, Cindy Shepard, give us a book for. Um, we just got married in January. She said oh. it, was, it was a good wedding present to have. 
So uh, basically, everybody has a different love language. For me, it was love. Uh, for for me, it's words of affirmation. For somebody else, it may be uh, like like a gift. Mm. But everybody, everybody takes something differently. So what what you respond to? Essentially, yes, essentially, yeah. So it was a good book to read. I, I think uh, for anybody in a real relationship or they want to do better for their significant other, uh, I think it's a good book to read. Hmm. That's that's interesting. Thank you. Um, so okay, NASCAR comes to you and they're like. Uh, we're bringing this huge celebrity to the racetrack, Timmy. Like, we'd love for you to escort this person around, create attitude, show them the sport a little bit. Who's a celebrity you'd be excited to host? I, I tell you, I, I love comedians. Uh huh. And I can think of a list of them. Uh, but I was, I was looking at one just because it's football season. Uh, Pat McAfee. I don't oh, know if yeah? you're familiar with him. Uh, he was the he, he used to be a punter for the uh, Indianapolis Colts. And I'm a Redskins fan, so it wasn't like I'm a big fan of the Colts or anything like that, but. Um, I watch his, he does videos every week about different punters and uh, just different football plays, but I love comedians. If I could host somebody like Pat, if he come to the racetrack, I, I, I'd love to do that. Yeah, and he's a sports guy. I mean, I guess I saw, I think he recently left Barstool, but he's he's still like in it, doing doing stuff, so yeah, yeah he'd saw, be good. I saw that he left Barstool, and um, I, I, I see he's now, uh, he quoted himself as a free agent, so he's looking for okay. a new, new gig, but uh, no, his content is, is, is really funny. Yeah. Um, in an effort to show this is a health-conscious sport, NASCAR decides to offer the number one pit stall selection for an upcoming race to the first driver willing to go vegan for one month. Would you do it? Absolutely not. And, <laughs> <laughs> it's kind of funny. You know, my, my wife is a vegetarian. Okay. And I'm, I tell her all the time I'm complete opposite. You know, I very rarely eat any kind of vegetables. I eat a couple fruits, but... Uh, I'm as uh, as non-vegan or vegetarian as they come. <laughs> so has she ever gone close to taking the next step beyond being a vegetarian to, to go vegan? Or does she pretty no, much... No, she, she, she loves her eggs, she loves her milk, and she just want to go that far. Yeah. She, she just uh, hates her, her, her red meats and just meats in general. Uh, she's tried to get me to branch out a little bit more, and I've tried, but it's just uh, not for me. I know um, when we were planning our wedding, she said, just... Go ahead. I know there's not very many vegetarians. Just make the meal for yourself. And I had this incredible um, uh, spread of, of, of beef and pork and all kinds <laughs> of stuff for a wedding. So uh, I, I don't think I can do it. <laughs> okay. Um, okay. Now it's time for the random race challenge. Uh, I picked a random race from your career, and you have to tell me where you finished in this race. Okay. Um, I tried to make it a little bit hard for you. I don't know if this was fair or not, but I went back to 2012. So... This is the 2012 Darlington Xfinity race. Do you happen to remember this race at all or where you might have um, finished? I believe I do. Well, okay. I'm, I'm going to give you an answer. And it's, the answer we're either going to give you is either from my rookie season or from 2012. But I think I got it right on. I think we finished 15th on the lead lap. You finished 16th. Okay. That's pretty damn close so, for a race six years ago. <laughs> so uh, that race I remember very vividly. Um, it was a really good race for us. We didn't put a scratch on the car, which is very tough to do at Darlington. And uh, I remember having a really good run. And I had to fight my crew chief on the radio about taking a, a late wave around that paid off for us. And, and uh, put us back on the lead lap and uh, had an incredible finish. But yeah, that, was, that was a big moment for us. Yeah, that's cool. You started 31st. <laughs> yes. Came all the way through the field. Yep. I think we qualified on scuffed tires. And uh, we didn't have uh, – I don't think we had – I don't even think we had one set of sticker tires there that race. So wow, um, it <laughs> it's hard to think about that being Darlington, but yeah, that was a really good race for us. That's awesome. 
Um, I don't know if you're into rap, but who is the best rapper alive? Uh, see, I don't listen to rap. You know, uh, and the very little bit I do know about rap is that some rappers are named after candy, and <laughs> some are named after change and dollars. And so, <laughs> I think my wife knows more about rap than I do. I don't really know about rap. Okay, that's funny. Um, who has the most punchable face in NASCAR? Gosh, you know what? That can be taken a lot of different ways. Um, in NASCAR, I tell you what, actually, I, I got one for you, Jeff. Uh, we'll go with uh, Brett Griffin. Oh, okay. Yep. Uh, and the reason being is he just seems very arrogant. Uh-huh. Um, and he just seems like he has one of those faces he'd like to punch. Has he ever talked bad about you on, on his podcast? I, I think he does often. You know, yeah. I, I don't. I have a hard time listening to podcasts. I just don't have time for it. But from my understanding, he does. Yeah, you hear he, you hear people say, "Oh, I heard Spotter Brett say something about you this week, or something like that." Or I think they tweet he, you. He or, seems like he's infatuated with me. Oh, okay, okay. <laughs> don't know why. Well, that makes sense then. Why you'd want to do that? Yeah. Uh, okay. NASCAR lists three famous Americans to be involved with your team for one race as part of a big publicity push they're doing. They're going to bring Taylor Swift, Tom Hanks, and LeBron James to the track, and one's going to be your spotter, one's going to be your crew chief, and one's going to be your motorhome driver. Who will you assign to which role between Taylor, LeBron, and Tom Hanks? Well, for Spotter, we have to give it to Taylor Swift. It'd be nice to hear her on the radio. Uh-huh. Um, and she could maybe put Spotter Brett in his place. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> give him a little slap. Uh, and she'd be soothing on the radio. Um, we'll go motor coach driver, LeBron James. That way, if he ever has any tussles on the road, he can fight him. We'd be a big guy. I think he'd find the role pretty nice. And then... Yeah. Uh, that leaves Tom Hanks as the crew chief. Okay. Yeah, that <laughs> works. Uh, what is the key to finding the best pre-race bathroom? I think uh, I, I've got to the point now where I've, I've, I've looked for them very closely and very hard before going to the driver intros because you get off that stage and your, your window is kind of sh- short because you gotta you got obligations with your sponsors. you got to take pictures, and then uh, National Anthem comes right away. So you got to look closely. Most of the time, they're ported Johnson Pit Road, but some tracks they don't have them, mm-hmm. so that becomes a challenge because then you got to go a long distance to try to find one. Yeah, for sure. Um, so NASCAR decides that they missed the highlight reel value brought by the Carl Edwards backflips, and they want a replacement. Uh, how much money would they have to pay you to backflip off your car after your next win? <laughs> I think it had to be a lot of money. Uh, you know, I, I've tried doing backflips off, off, say, of a boat or into a foam pit. And I, for some reason, I'm always half a rotation short of doing a backflip. So you're a tall guy too. It's tough to get all the way around. Yeah, yeah. Some some people say that's an advantage because I got oh. more height. Okay. For me, uh, um, I just don't have what it takes. So I don't mind even trying it. They pay me a lot of money to do it. I just don't think I'll ever land it. Okay. <laughs> um, so each week on the twelve questions, I ask a driver to give me a question for the next interview. Last one I did was with Justin Haley and he kind of uh needed to stalk your twitter profile because he didn't know like what to ask you and he saw the picture of you with your throwback mustache <laughs> you had a very impressive throwback mustache i think just for darlington that oh, you appreciate that. that and he was so envious of it because he said he's 19 years old and can't grow facial hair or uh, other than patches <laughs> so he wanted to know how long it took you to grow that impressive stash um that took me three or maybe four weeks oh okay uh doesn't take me very long um i'll grow five o'clock five o'clock shadow literally in a day oh wow so um it's some people say it's uh 
man, that's really cool. You can do that. I think is, I, I almost hate it because <laughs> I'm always shaving. Yeah. For that occasion, it's really cool to have. Um, you know, I did that last year, and it was such a big hit. And I put a poll up, almost knowing the answer. I said, asked my fans if they wanted to do a mustache or go back with the Fu Manchu, and they, of course, they all said Fu Manchu. <laughs> and then I even thought about uh, keeping the Fu Manchu, but the problem I have with that is I shaved it on Wednesday. We went out to dinner, went to the grocery store with it. And as soon as I walk into restaurants or a grocery store, people are looking over their shoulders, staring at me. And I, really? So I, I wish I can keep it, but I just it's self-conscious. I can't. I can't do it. How come no uh, full beard? <sighs> I've always just personally liked just a clean look. Now uh-huh. my wife, she begs me to have it. Oh. Um, I think it itches too much. It's just uh, hard to maintain. Uh, so I just, just I always like the clean look. Okay. Yeah, it makes sense. Baby face. Um, unfortunately, I don't know exactly who the next interview is going to be with. Uh, it will be somebody in, in the NASCAR garage. Um, do you have a question I could ask another NASCAR driver? Yeah, sure. I'll, I like to keep give you questions that are not related to racing. Um, I got one. Since football season's here, and um, I was checking mine this morning, uh, your next driver, they have a fantasy uh, football or fantasy sports team it could be fantasy NASCAR. Um, what is their fantasy sports name? Oh yeah, their team name for their. Some people get very creative with it. Some people are kind of basic. Yeah. So, okay, I like that. That's, uh, that's a good question. I, I think it's uh, be cool to see what they come up with or what they have. Okay. Yeah. Well, thank you so much for doing this, and um, thanks for planning the fantasy league and following along. It's, it means a lot that you participate in that kind of stuff. So I appreciate it. Absolutely. Thank you for having me here. Yep. All right, everybody, so there you have it. I don't think Timmy Hill stopped smiling the entire uh, interview. He was a really friendly guy. It was a lot of fun. Uh, he just he had a good time with it. Spotter Brett, though, Brett Griffin, uh, I don't know what he's gonna, how he's going to react to that. He does take some shots at Timmy Hill, I think, on the uh, Dirty Mo' Radio podcast there on, on Door Bumper Clear. So we'll see, uh, we'll see what happens when word trickles out to Spotter Brett if he, if he cares that uh, Timmy Hill says he's the most punchable face. Coming up on the next edition of the Untitled Jeff Gluck podcast, it's going to be a how I got here, and I don't know who with yet. Um, I'm trying to nail down the order. I have a bunch in the can that I recorded recently to get me through this uh, off-the-road period while I'm on baby watch, and uh, so I don't know exactly who yet. I'll figure that out. I guess it'll be a surprise when it drops on Thursday. But uh, also there will be a post-race podcast Sunday afternoon after the Talladega race, planning to have Jordan Bianchi back on again. Uh, He did the podcast from Dover, virtually from Minnesota. We were able to record that after the race. And um, I'm going to try to use Jordan as much as possible um, while I'm off the road here to record these podcasts because he is willing and available to do it and appreciate his time and insight always brings a good perspective. So look for that one on Sunday as well. And then next week on the 12 questions, it's the only double 12 questions of the season. Actually the only, only the second one ever um, where I have teammates answering the questions together. It's going to be Michael McDowell and David Reagan. I've done this once before way back where I had Travis Vopel and Landon Castle on together and I really thought it was cool and I've always wanted to try to do it again. So that one will be next week. So definitely check that one out as well. Anyway, thanks so much for your time. Thanks for listening. And I'll talk to you next time on the Untitled Jeff Gluck Podcast.